Welcome back to another episode of the Loud and Uninformed Sports Podcast. On today's episode, we dive into the national championship in college football. Congratulations to the Michigan Wolverines. Well, not really. Not a big fan of the Michigan Wolverines. But uh, we dive all into that, what that means for college football at large. Do our next year way too early 12-team playoff prediction. Do some NFL playoff predictions. Um, talk about the coach firings, whether justified or unjustified. And what players, coaches have the most to prove this NFL playoffs. Hope you enjoy. Really, the Pac-12 was awesome. What's going to happen to Bill Wallen? You separate the art from the artist. Oh, no! <laughs> transparent. You should never, ever do this to, like, now we're going to have Shaq and Ernie telling you, like, what you should be putting your money. <laughs> Guess the honor system isn't good enough for us. It's certainly know. not with this group. And, <laughs> and Sean went to go grab an angry soda. I don't like him. The locker room doesn't like him. Uh, he's just a loser. Well, George does just bring down the ethics of our podcast quite a bit. All of the money is in me looking good. You're listening to the Loud and Uninformed Podcast. How's it going? I'm all right. How are you doing? Hanging in there. Mm. Everybody seems pretty low energy today. Yeah. Well, from my last three weeks of work, it feels like it should be Thursday, but it's just Tuesday. It's usually how it goes. And my old man yell at clouds. That game went way too late for Monday night. Way too late. Yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, we, we can do it again or or we can just, I think everybody agrees that yeah. Monday is stupid. Uh, ESPN can fuck themselves. Um, that one was better than the semifinals though. Time-wise? Yeah. Yeah, well, it was. Second semifinals was awful. That's true. Second semifinal was like. That means it started after nine, didn't it? Yesterday, I mean, it's like if you kick off at seven thirty, it's like that's kind of the time people like can. On a Monday off. though, start that game at five. Yeah. <laughs> I get off yeah. work, kick it off, but I know that's like two o'clock West Coast. Nobody on the West Coast is watching. <laughs> Washington doesn't have any fans. <laughs> Oh yeah, I forgot Washington. <laughs> the FCS, the FCS wasn't afraid of the NFL. They did their championship on Sunday. I love that. <laughs> and yeah, record viewership. Me and my dad were watching it because the early games turned out to be such duds that we flipped to Montana versus South Dakota State. <laughs> did South Dakota State end up winning? They were huge favorites. They blew them out. It wasn't even a yeah. close game. Even that I've... was a dud. <laughs> It was, uh, I bet on, I don't even remember. Oh, I bet on Albany. Yeah, I, I don't know anything about FCS. They, they beat Richmond. I bet on them the next week because the spread was like 21 points and South Dakota State beat them like 59 to nothing. So Yeah. So th that's an interesting thing. And we're going to do college football first. Top of mind, uh, whatever. Uh, but we can kind of start here. With the playoffs expanding and stuff, do you think it'll be like how the FCS, like FCS has a big playoff. I think it's four teams get a bye and it's like maybe 16 teams. Um, but then you get these huge spreads because, and this is, I think, true at the power five FBS level too. It's really only like five really good teams, maybe only three <laughs> really good teams. Yeah. So like we got a good playoff this year is how I kind of felt walking away from it. But I don't know if these playoff games are going to be as big of payoffs as they want them to be. Sort of thing. 
But I think you get there eventually, just because as more teams kind of perennially make the playoffs, you become a school that's like a school that makes the playoffs. And I think that combined with NIL will really flatten the talent market. But I one can only hope, right? Because if it looks the same as it has kind of the last like five or six years, it'll all be stupid. But I don't know. I think in the next couple of years, we'll get a big underdog run and it'll really get good coverage and people will be interested in it. And, and that'll be good for everybody. In a wild way, Washington was on an underdog run since the first Oregon game. So, yeah. <laughs> so we kind of had that story this year. Uh, what did you guys think about the game itself last night? It was sad that Washington's defense did everything that they possibly could have been expected to, and the offense just needed to finish a couple of drives, and they just could not. And Penix looked bad. No really other way to put it. Like, he was just missing throws. I know he seemed really banged up, um, but, like, he missed a couple of easy ones. And then that holding call changed the entire game. I think that uh, the one on the big Roman Dunze touchdown – because if that if they'd scored, it would have been a tie ball game. And I think it would have just changed, you know, momentum stuff and everything. And they just, you know, they couldn't get out of their own way. Well, kind of the other I'm... missed holding um was on that Loveland catch. I think yeah. it was a 40 yard catch. And they he was grabbing his jersey. And it wasn't much, but it was more than what happened on the Roma Dunze. Yeah. Play. And they didn't call that. And that was when they were still within seven. So Yeah. yeah. I thought it was uh it was at least it was, it was still an interesting game to watch just because Washington always felt like they were in striking distance until the very end. Um, but it was a little disappointing. It was like every time it looked like they were about to to even it up, you know, they just shoot themselves in the foot. And I think for viewers that maybe only tuned into the playoff for college football this year or maybe a couple games, if you watch that, the semifinal games where Michigan, yeah, and Alabama had some strong defenses there too. There were some punts there in the first half of that game, but it finished. It was an exciting finish and everything. And then you watch Washington, Texas, and you see these come up. They were probably all hoping for like, oh, this is college football fun. Sling it. No, like Michigan was the better team, and that was their game. Is like get a lead with running the ball, and then just kind of battle and bruise the opponent yeah. until they they throw away the game. It did and feel weird after those first three massive runs. I was like, this isn't going to be fun. Like I was at a bar watching it and was like, we might as well go home because this is yeah. basically over. And then for whatever reason, it felt like they didn't go back to it. Donovan Edwards didn't get another carry. <laughs> after, after his first two or like 40 yard touchdowns, he got one yeah. more carry. And then I don't think he touched the ball again for the, for the first half, which is just doesn't make any sense so it felt like michigan should have put it away a lot earlier but i don't know maybe they wanted to keep it interesting yeah and i think washington as they've been all year is a really good team at adjusting um and they've had adversity all throughout the season like they've had close games which was the knock on them coming into the playoffs was that they like like oregon state played them well washington state played them well um but Adversity at times is what you need to be a good football team. And I think that's what kept them in the game. And it wasn't a traditional Alabama rolls or Georgia rolls, a team that looked good, but wasn't really up to yeah. that standard. Um, but I think you also hit, I, I feel bad because Penix played the game of his college career, his 23 year college career in the semifinal. <laughs> um, and everybody was so hyped for him. 
and I think we talked about this on last week's pod. It'd be great if like that was his final college game because then he might even go like with the third pick. <laughs> but again, GMs probably would have done their due diligence. And if you look throughout the year and his past couple years, last night was more like him. He can still make exciting throws and he like slings it. Like there's still a good quarterback there, but he has a little bit of an accuracy issue at times. And maybe the receivers make him look better than he really is. Well, and the biggest thing is that he does not target the middle of the field. No. Everything is either deep down the sideline or it's something quick in the middle. And the reality is NFL defenses take that away. Like you have to be able to hit intermediate throws over the middle and just he can't. And do so you, I do you think I, that's him though, or do you think that's DeBoer's scheme? I think it's him. I, I, I it's not as though there's not receivers running over the middle. It's just not something that he looks at. Um after after I was tagged in the Penix going three overall to the Patriots, I started <laughs> doing some looking into into what's some you know various you know scouts and stuff thought about him. And that was definitely the the overwhelming knock across the board was that an NFL passer just needs to be able to distribute the ball in the intermediate middle of the field. And he just can't and, or, or won't. Um, there's Who's the quarterback yeah. that would never throw it to his left. Who is that? Oh, I remember I, this. I, I remember. Oh, it, yeah. I forget who it was, yeah. He had a Zoolander problem. <laughs> Couldn't throw left. <laughs> um, but that's an interesting point. And you talk about NFL defenses because, and I'm not I'm not going on the Eagles thing here, but because the Eagles have been so bad and yes. a lot of defense has been so bad as of late, looking into it, and my dad turned me on to it too. He said he he showed me these YouTube videos on the defense and NFL defense. Do you realize that from last year to this year scoring is way down because NFL defenses overnight, like over this past offseason, have changed completely their scheme. Yeah. And it's it's the worst year for quarterbacks like in decades. Yeah. And like the Ravens are the best example of it, which makes sense because they're maybe the best team in football. They play like two different defenses. They cut the field in half and one half is showing this defense and the other half is showing a different defense and they let everybody throw to the flat. Yeah. Because they're like, our athletes will get there and stop you. So everybody can throw the flat. Everything else was hard. So your point that Penix needs to be able to hit that pass over the middle, like that is exactly what quarterbacks are being asked to do now is it's no longer... You're going to have a little space on that crosser across the middle. Like you have to put that like height, like a tiger. Yeah. Right. right It's funny too. We don't have to go off on a whole Eagles tangent right now, but (laughs) I think the the thing the Eagles defense is clearly missing is like athletes over the middle. And the thing that the Ravens have in spades is athletes over the middle, like Kyle Hamilton, Roquan and uh, Patrick queen are all freaks. And so you can do that. And what teams like the giants do, is they have exotic blitz blitz packages because they don't have those athletes and they're not a good team, but it messes up offenses and the Eagles don't do that either. But anyway, back to college football. Um, But it's a good point about what you're saying about Penix. It will be interesting to see if it translates. I still think his stock went up from pre-playoffs to what it was before. Oh, definitely. I think think if he had really shown out, there would be a lot of conversation about the Patriots need to look at him at three. I don't think anybody's under that impression at this point. It will depend on who is the third team taking a quarterback in the draft, of course, whether they're more complete or not. But I could see a GM with a little bit more complete of a team taking Penix over Daniels. Um, Yeah, I I get what you're saying. Like a team that feels like they're a quarterback away. Right, because Daniels are sitting there at 15 and 
Yeah. I think if it's a team like we're years away, they'll take Daniels because he's a couple years away sort of thing. But again, um, all interesting stuff to talk about when we do draft stuff. Um, Jeeber, what what are your thoughts? You're sitting here stroking your goatee. What are you? you... (laughs) If you couldn't tell by uh, our tweets last night, I was not happy to see Michigan win. I I really yeah. it really pissed me off. I'm usually pissed off every year. So I don't really like Georgia and I don't really like Alabama. Um but this one really pissed me off because the the whole victim complex that Michigan has about oh we went through so much adversity this year. It's like no, you cheated and got caught. <laughs> and when <laughs> not quite adversity. Cheated, you get called out for it and he got a relatively light sentence. Like I think some other programs would have got, like if that had happened to an Oklahoma state or a Michigan state or like some of these programs. Well, Chief, I got a question for you. Do you think that they're going to get to hang on to this national championship? I don't think it matters that much. I, I think it would be funny. Like I'd like to see it get stripped. Um, I mean, it kind of matters, right? Like we still reference, like, like, like nobody takes anything away from like 2013 Louisville, but you can't talk about them winning a national championship without being like, well, it's vacated. So, and that was for something. Yeah. But but they, in in my book, they still want it. Like I, you know, I, I think Michigan was the best team that was in the playoff. uh, Cause I still think Georgia was the best team. That's more where the asterisk comes from. In my opinion. Um, was that the it, it was neither the most deserving nor the best teams like that or the criteria was just not met and we've been through this before and we could go down a whole nother tangent we're not going to well it's it's uh, interesting right because I, I get what you're saying michigan like it doesn't matter they won their fans are going to say they won this championship whether it's taken away reggie bush won his heisman he doesn't own it anymore penn state still claims joe Paz wins even though they were all taken away Ohio State has Tesla's sanctions from like 2011 and before they still count all those like like these taking it away after they've done on the field. Now. It's going to endless Twitter beef if it does ever get stripped sort of thing, but. Kind of pushing it further and Jeeb, I'll let you keep going because I think you're getting there, but I just want to tee it up. Does Harbaugh see any backlash from this? And what do you think that means for his year think, next year? Like what, what's happening with him? That's the big thing. And I think you're trying to get me to go somewhere. With this. <laughs> and we're not, go- I'm not going to go there yet. I'm sure, I'm sure we'll get there eventually. <laughs> but uh, you know, like I think that being a college football coach is such a good job in general, but when you take into account NIL and the transfer portal, having to re-recruit players, and then you also take into account the fact that the NCAA won't get off his ass. Does he want to? Does he want to deal with that stuff? How would the transition be for him to just jump to the NFL? Could he just... Whatever move? happened to the NFL will not be a safe haven for Harbaugh. That was such right. a big thing. I saw that, and it's like, what would... How would that look, though? Would the NFL... The owners would just say, we don't want to create a precedent where if you get in trouble in college, you can flee to the NFL. Like... I, but wasn't that a Mike Florio thing? And I feel like Florio, he always claimed it's, it seemed like it was wa- more widely accepted than that, didn't it? Well, he's he's behind Pro Football Talk or whatever that website in NBC right. now. 
And so his stuff gets carried. Like he's a legitimate guy. I'm not saying he makes stuff up, but I think he also at times just like hears something from a, a legitimate person in the league, but doesn't mean that it's, actually stone or anything yeah or that but he puts it out there like the nfl will hold jim harbaugh's face to the fire if he comes but what does that even look like like we don't even have specifics that i i take that with a grain of salt like i don't see why the nfl i i guess your point makes sense about the president but i i don't see much happening i don't see the ncaa having super harsh uh sanctions on this like do you? I mean, I, no. what, what do you think the odds are that the title gets vacated? I think that the title getting vacated and then there being no other form of retribution is probably, in my mind, like the most likely really? result from the whole thing. And that nobody gets suspended. The program doesn't get lose any scholarships or anything, but they just vacate the title. I don't know. Like, to me, that feels like they love vacating stuff. Yeah. Um. I think, and I think I said this previously, I think there's like maybe a 40% chance this title gets vacated, but I don't know if it's just going to be because of Connor Stallions. <laughs> like, they, there's so much scandal around Harbaugh's tenure at Michigan that who's to say what other stuff comes up if they actually did a thorough investigation. Um, but little side tangent, did you guys see the video of Connor Stallions at a bar in Houston, people buying him drinks? Yeah, I, I saw he like broke his five year Twitter silence. What did he tweet? <laughs> I think he just tweeted something about like Michigan winning. Yeah, he was smiling and happy. Looked like a guy that felt very justified for for all that he did for the program. <laughs> Dude, I just hate that so much. It's so lame to like, and I get it if it's like everybody does it, and I get it if it's like somewhere in the middle. But at the end of the day, like you're getting paid millions of dollars for a game. Like, yeah. win the game on the terms that, that are, like, it's just so lame to me to, like, do stuff like that. So, I I, I don't know. It just, it I, I hate Michigan so much for it now. I've never, like, I've always been pro-Ohio State over Michigan, but I've never had, like, a real animosity towards them. And I think now, moving forward, until I die, I'll probably hate Michigan just because of this whole thing. Yeah. Um, I, I, I agree. I mean, I've always hated Michigan. They're a Notre Dame rival. Uh, but one thing I will say about this national title is that it gave me re like new hope. I would say the last three years, especially after last time Notre Dame was in the playoff. I didn't really think Notre Dame might ever win a national title in my lifetime, in the next foreseeable future, unless things really change. But seeing programs like Washington and Michigan get to that level and Michigan ended up winning it. I'm back in, baby. Nordham could do it. Why not? <laughs> title contender. I, I don't think they're there yet, but if you looked at where Michigan was four years ago and what Nordham's program looks like today, I don't think it's too different. So I, I have renewed hope, I should say, for my for my individual fandom. How do you feel about Freeman moving forward? So... His issue, I, I love the fact that we hired LSU's offensive coordinator. That was huge. Like, yeah. that's a huge He's get for, for Notre Dame. He's good. And that's what's going to help the most. Because Freeman knows defense. He's still a young coach. He needs to get better situational. The Ohio State game, like, this year, that was a big, hopefully, learning moment for him. But if he cleans up the situational, game situation stuff, 
I mean, the guy kills it in the transfer portal and in recruiting. We got Duke's quarterback transferred to Notre Dame. Um, so he's a good modern college football coach is what I would say, which comes with a little bit of that growth stuff of like, God, situationally, he's not up to snuff like the old college football coaches because they didn't have to care about all the little social media and stuff like that. But I guess it's a give and take. Yeah. Um, well, that's good. I mean, I think uh, I think this was a good year for college football. I think it was a fun end to the era of the four-team college football playoff. I personally am am really looking forward to the 12-team. I know you guys are a little bit more iffy on it, but I'm like all the way in. I think it's so fun. After so, what happened, I'm all the way in. I, let's go! I do not want to see uh, ESPN decide to fuck over teams based off of what will get in the best rankings. So it'll be harder to do that with a 12-team playoff. I'm sure that the, as we get to the 10, 11, 12 spots, ESPN will have their hand in there, um, making sure they get what they want. But it'll be tough to keep the true contenders out. Like, we will not see Florida and State and Georgia. Florida State and Georgia have no chance at all. Right. So. It's a – I did a, a Twitter thread on national championships in college football and stuff, and it's funny because – Florida State getting left out of this version of how they decide the national title is just so in line with how it's always been decided. <laughs> like it really is. If you, it was just different processes of picking who the media really wanted. And yeah, I was going to say, isn't isn't the entire uh, uh, history of it literally a media company deciding what the two top two teams are that they want to square Ooh. off? Did you know that the NCA in 1980 gave this power to this group? called like the National College Football Foundation, NCF, who retroactively went back through the 100 years of college football and awarded national titles. I love that. <laughs> One year they picked five teams. That's funny. <laughs> and, and also there was the Philadelphia Athletic Association was decided as the national title giver in the 1920s, and they made a trophy that they said, we're only going to give it on years when someone really deserves it. They only handed it out three total times in the 1920s, and each time it was to Notre Dame. So it was just like, uh, unless Notre Dame is really good, nobody's getting a national title. I love that. <laughs> so if that were the case this year, would Michigan get a national title from you guys? Um, well, no, because they're not Notre Dame. But, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but uh, I guess this year would count because they went 15-0. But um, it was like they have to be beyond a doubt the national title champion. Blah, 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 blah. But it was yeah. stupid. We didn't even put the best two teams against each other until the uh, BCS era. So dumb. So dumb. <laughs> so I'm glad. I feel like I feel like there's a lot of like I appreciate all of the tradition of of college football. I really do. But there is a certain point where you go like I think that we came up with the rules for this too long ago and we weren't really thinking about it and we have not updated it in a good way so i think we're slowly getting to the point where it like makes sense because yeah. like you mentioned if you didn't even have the best teams playing for a championship until that recently and in in a sport where you play so few games that you're gonna have tons of undefeated teams and you know it's just it's just poorly set up so i'm i'm glad we're moving to this last thing on the history richard nixon decided the national championship twice he just declared a team. 
Like as the president or as the president, he was like two times in history. He was like, nah, they're the champion, Texas. See, I like that. That's <laughs> he's like, I'm inviting them to the White House, not this other team. Um, but um kind of to go off that, do you guys want to do our way too early 12 team playoff selection? Sure. I don't know that I have 12 in the chamber right now, but I do, and I did an exercise, and guys. It's not looking good. All so right. you think I went SEC teams? I have five, yeah. possibly six. I have five SEC teams, and I wrote down six as a possibility. Like first, I, I just wrote down all the teams that I thought could make the playoffs. Well, so I guess a, a good question too is kind of um, how how uh, how conference dominant do you feel like a twelve team is going to have to be? So it's, it's going to be oh, at least four SEC, at least four Big Ten. Probably more, like probably so five how, five. How it's seeded right now is that the top four seeds will be the four power conference winners. Mm. Uh, and then the rest is all at large. Is that how you're doing it or is that how they I'm pretty sure it? that's how it is. That's how it is? Okay. That's uh, right. And then there's a small team auto bid, right? Or I believe there is also group one of five auto bid. I have, I have one group of five. I thought there was three possible that could make it out of the group of fives now. That's Cincinnati and UCF and them are out. But I'll just rattle it off. My my four conference winners, I have Georgia, Michigan, Clemson, and Utah. Utah for the Big 12. I like it. Um, and then five, I have Notre Dame. I like their schedule next year. So I'm going to Notre Dame at five. Texas at six. And then I have Ole Miss. So that is my second SEC school. Then I have, oh crap! I left Alabama. Hold on, so one second. Six two. <laughs> let me let me let me redo this real quick. So you, have, so you have six, maybe seven. Hold on. No, I had them circled, but who did I put in over them? Oh, okay. I see what I did. Okay. So after my top four conference winners, five is Bama, six is Notre Dame, seven is Texas. Eight is Ole Miss. Nine is Ohio State. Ten, I put in Iowa. Eleven, I have LSU. And twelve, I have Tulane. So I think the Pac-12s, besides Utah, that left and went to the Big Ten, I don't think they're making it. I think Iowa's going to remain dominant in the West because they're just going to play miserable football and those schools will not be used to it. And it's going to take a couple of years for them to learn how to beat Iowa. <laughs> but that's what I got. Tulane like okay. being my group. Um, I'll go ahead and spoil it. I agree with you on Tulane, although they did lose Willie Fritz. You know what? No, I'll get, to, I'll get to the group of five. I'm not taking Tulane. I get, we got to do something different. Uh, I agree that Georgia is going to win the SEC and be the one seed. I think Ohio State wins the Big Ten. Um, I don't know how Michigan's going to uh, – we don't know if Harbaugh's going to be back. We don't know if J.J. McCarthy's going to be back. Not that that makes a difference because he sucks, which we forgot we didn't get to. Um, <laughs> yeah, we didn't even mention so recap. It wasn't even like, oh, J.J. McCarthy made some good throws to help the win last night. He it was completed like... 10 passes. That, you know, that That's like Greg McElroy level just – 
coat riding. I, I know it, he, he he goes out, hands the ball off ten times, and then they talk about how he beat depression in high school by googling it. Okay, that's another thing. The <laughs> if if I saw one more image of him with his shoes off, meditating, on he's the grounding himself, field, George. I don't think you understand. I I think if you I walk into the office, that, you should do that. You'd probably have a better day. I don't think I would. I think people would be like, what the fuck is this guy doing? And that's what 90% of college football fans were thinking when J.J. McCarthy's being a dumbass and then proceeds to go out and throw 10 passes to wide open receivers. So uh, th- that pissed me off. And I think I tweeted as I was tweeting it. I was like, damn, I sound like a boomer with this tweet. But college football didn't used to be like this. Like it used to be guys wanting to fucking kill each other. And now we're talking about JJ McCarthy with the like the the smiley face sharpie on his hand, and he's meditating before the game. And it's just like what I will say. Come, I don't I don't know a world where an NFL team would think about taking a guy like that in the first like three or four rounds, and yet he's like mocked pretty high. Have fun with that shit. Have yes, fun with him because he is, that much. I, I firmly believe he's going to suck. Yeah. Um, it, I want to think back to the days where they would drink a beer and have a cig on the sideline to come. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What happened to halftime cigarettes? <laughs> a little cigarettes. Uh, that guy's never touched a cigarette in his life. Um, <laughs> is that a knock on him? <laughs> in this case, yes. Usually, <laughs> congratulations. But he really needs to he, – he needs to spend some time in just like a – a Boone, North Carolina brothel and get roughed up a little bit. <laughs> I, he, he needs to. Is Boone a big brothel town? I don't know. I was just trying to think of like a gruff place with uh, people with long beards. Jamie Tyler, let us know. North Carolina. Yeah, listen. Um. Okay. Okay. Georgia wins SEC. Ohio State wins the Big Ten. I think Florida State wins the ACC. Uh. And knowing how the committee is going to feel about them, they're going to be the four seed. I agree with you that Utah is going to no, actually just to be different. I'm just going to ride this Arizona wave. Uh, and, Ooh. and maybe they win the big 12. I have no idea what their outlook looks like next year. I haven't looked at their schedule, but it's fun. Don't worry. We're going to hold you to these picks. Yeah. yeah. We'll I, I, hey, you know what? I'll ride with the wildcats. Um, so then my shit. My two seed, I I'm just gonna run through the SEC schools that I have in here. Uh I have Bama. I think that's a given. Um, I think Ole Miss is gonna be really good. Uh if you haven't been following what they've been doing in the transfer portal, they've been making moves. Who's their so, star running back though? Well, apparently he was a problem. So <laughs> we'll uh interesting stuff the quinshawn judkins saga is very entertaining on twitter wasn't he at lsu or where was he before no he he was straight from ole miss he didn't get too many offers and then ended up being an absolute stud but apparently he's got a bad attitude so um so ole miss is in there i think lsu gets back uh but they definitely have some holes to fill so we'll see if brian kelly is able to do that i like their quarterback um that's that's about it. They they need some help pretty much everywhere else. Their offensive line is going to be good. But uh, other than that, they need some help. And then I have either Tennessee or Mizzou. And I know I'm freaking out about the bowl game, but they went up against an Iowa defense that is very good. And Nico looked really good. 
So I I believe in Nico. I think they can sneak their way in. Mizzou is just a good football team. Like Drakowitz, I think, is underappreciated for how good of a coach he is and how he's put them together. Uh, and then the Big Ten, I think Penn State's pretty obvious. I think Michigan's pretty obvious. And I'm going to go with Oregon. Um, mm. How many am I at? <laughs> I I may be I may have messed this up. I'm gonna go with Oregon. I think they're gonna be good next year. They don't lose too much. Um, I don't know if anybody else in the Big Ten makes it. We we can't trust USC. Um, I'm Washington's telling you, gonna lose everybody. Although who's I do. The, like who's the new quarterback there? Uh, the Moss kid. Is he supposed to be good? Uh, he played in the bowl game and he looks pretty good. And the announcers were definitely jerking him off a good bit. Gee, imagine that announcer jerking off the quarterback. Um, <laughs> I don't think anybody else from the Big Twelve makes it. Like I, I, I have Oklahoma State as a possible. Okay, there. Yeah, I guess you can't count out Gundy. What about Kansas. No. no. They're like, fun. It's fun when Kansas is good, but nobody takes them seriously. Um, I just love that I, blue. I agree with you a lot. I think I think the other group of fives that have a chance are Fresno and Boise. What about SMU? Yeah. Pony Express. We'll yeah, see. Uh, I mean, they always get their NIL stuff together. They're going to buy a good roster. Aren't they in the I, ACC? But not yet. What? Are, do, are, they, are they moving for next year? SMU is going to the ACC. Ah. No, they, I, I don't think that's for a while. Oh, okay. I, I think that's like a couple years down the road. Um, but we'll see. Uh, my group of five is Air Force. Now they're in the ATC now. I'm sorry. Fuck it. I'm going to say Air, Air Force. Force. I uh, <laughs> Let's see Air Force go 12-0 and 0 and get the 12 seed in the playoff. I love and, that. And run the triple option against whoever they play. I mean, if there's a service academy that has a chance, it's them. It is, yeah. I mean, they. Uh, I haven't looked at their schedule, but assuming, you know, they they could easily run the Mountain West. Although, just thought of a group of five. I don't know, Skylar, if you have a list that you want to have fun with it, or should we just run with these two? No, run. Okay, JMU. JMU had a two. That's great what year. I was deciding between Air Force and, yeah. and JMU. Is, but Air J Force smoked them. Air How Force? many years is JMU technically not bowl eligible? Or is it over? It's one year. They were in a bowl this year, so I think it's done. Yeah. <laughs> I do think it's technically two. I was gonna say I think it is two. I think it's I think technically they could be excluded. Yeah, but this would isn't next year their third season. Is no, it? this was their first season. Yeah, this is their first. Um yeah, I uh, interesting FCS news. I was reading an article that uh William Mary, Villanova, and Richmond are banding together again to try and save the CAA. Or possibly move to a new conference. And yeah, new conference. Yes, get run over by James Madison, Appalachian State every year in the Sun Belt. They're linked. To, they're linked to the Patriot a lot, which uh, Richmond's the kind of place though that will buy teams. You know, totally. I don't know. Do we? If do we D one. We would really care about football that much. Well, that's the million dollar question, right? You know, the multi million dollar. It would be yeah. if you I can mean, find a couple to of donors. Well, I saw uh, Neil Quinn dunk in the game the other day, which the Spiders opened up a ten play one and zero. It was a good win mm -hmm. uh, with the Bonnies. He dunked the other day, 
and then dabbed up a fan sitting in the first row, an older gentleman. Could have been you. Perhaps that's the NIL booster. <laughs> Do you actually know who it was? No idea who the man was. Okay. If it was Queerly, I would know. Otherwise, no. <laughs> it could have been. Let's see who it's Queerly, Robbins, uh, uh, Weinstein. Well, the big ones, Jeeb, you don't even know their name. Okay, let's talk some uh, NFL. So you guys just want to run through the playoff games, give our early predictions. Yeah. Everybody's going to make a million dollars. Remember, guys, I predicted the semifinals and the national champion all correct. So listen to everything I say verbatim. Yep. Um, or this is where you, you start selling your picks, Sean. Yeah. <laughs> um, or this is where you start fading me. That's true. Um, let's just start with the – let's just run uh, – weirdly – the first three games are the AFC games, and the le- second three are the three NFC games. I don't know if they always do that, but it's just like how the schedule works this year. So first game on the docket Saturday at four, Browns-Texans. Um, what a fun game to be a playoff game. What a fun way the Texans got in. I mean, brutal how the Colts blew that final play, but a great game. Yeah, that's tough. Colts have a bright picture, uh, though. The fact that they uh, almost skirted it with Gardner is pretty crazy. Yeah, for sure. I, I'm fully uh, looking forward to watching the Browns, Miles Garrett, fuck up CJ Stroud. I I want the Texans to be humbled. Yeah, I think the Texans are flying a little too close to the sun right now. Um, I think CJ Stroud might get a little embarrassed in this game. But if he has a good game and the Texans win, um, the overreactions will be incredible <laughs> no matter who wins this game the overreactions are going to be incredible and neither team is like that impressive which makes it even funnier i think uh either next week or two episodes we'll do our who we think should win the awards maybe even some awards that aren't awards but that puka nukua versus cj stroud offensive rookie of the year is actually a lot more interesting of a debate than i thought it was going to be even a couple very weeks. interesting um i think puka's got a Got a real shot, but um, yeah, I mean, Stroud would need to really, really ball out, but I think that Browns defense is is too good for this lack of weapons that the Texans possess, so I think it's easily going to be Browns. The other side of the ball, too. Look at it. He's going against the legend <laughs> Joe Flacco. Yeah. Flacco's yep. not losing to a rookie. No. In the dog pound. Um, all right. Second game. This is could be a game. It's nice. <laughs> Dolphins Chiefs in near single digit weather in Kansas City. Yeah. yeah, the Dolphins might might score three points. The Dolphins have been so disappointing mm. to end the season. It's it's really a bummer. I think they'll score more than three points, but we all uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think we all think the Dolphins are frauds. Uh and, and the Chiefs have been here before. They're at home. I, I think it's going to be like a 24-16. I think I think the Dolphins get to 16. I don't know how. I don't know what combination they're going <laughs> to do to get there, but I, I just feel a 24-16 game. But it's not like, a close one. It's, it's going to be like the Dolphins score in garbage time to dress it up a little bit. If this was the Dolphins in Buffalo or even – cold meadowlands i'd be a little bit against them already but like tyree kill has balled out in a very cold 
Kansas City environment now playing for the other team. So we'll see how that translates. But I don't know if the cold factor in this case should just knock them out. Like I think they're gonna they're gonna come up for this game. I still think the Chiefs win, but I, I think this is gonna be the best game of the first round, in my opinion. I think what you're forgetting, not- Sean, is this was before Tyreek Hill won. Uh, his house burned down, which is not good. And two, uh, like considering nobody was hurt, that was low key hysterical. That image of him outside his house in the boot, just looking at his burning house. I was all over the bills from that very point on. <laughs> the, the other thing is he's in. So, I I was gonna say the uh, it's it's not the cold alone that would scare me as a Dolphins fan. It's the fact that it's the cold, it's the fact that they have negative momentum going into this game, and the fact that it's at Arrowhead, which is, you know, arguably the most hostile environment outside of Philly. And so, I don't know. That, that just yeah, it just it just doesn't add up to me to be a, a good-looking game for the Dolphins. I haven't watched them look pretty in two months. So I just, I they all the faith is gone. They should have saved some. I know they used to, they used them all oh. too early, and and maybe it's obvious, but what's the biggest collapse this year? Eagles, Dolphins, or Jags? I mean, I Jags fully I think you have to take Jags. Yeah, yeah. I think just because they literally aren't in the playoffs, it, it's Jags. But man, the Eagles and Dolphins really have a good case too. <laughs> yeah and for well, the dolphins the, people uh, kind of saw it coming that the, that bottom part of the schedule after the titans game was brutal you know what's wild the, for me, it was the the expectations were so high early on and they had the chance to win the afc east for the first time in god knows how long and it, it really could have been like a uh a pretty significant season for them moving forward and instead it was you know has kind of flamed out in disaster so the next game is Steelers Bills. Want to mention the Bills were six and six at one point. Yeah, <laughs> and they finished eleven and six. So they're hot. Um, so before Saturday, sorry, there is a situation where the Bills could either be the two seed or they could miss the playoffs. Right. Yeah. Which is crazy going into a week. Um. So I'm guessing we're all going to pick the Bills, but does anybody have a? a way that the Steelers could win this game without TJ Watt. I was going to say TJ Watt not being there is kind of just icing on the cake. It's probably worth Josh Allen. Josh Allen is such a high variance player. Like that is yeah, true. I, mean, I could see him, you know, you look down at your phone and all of a sudden it's 10, three Steelers. Yeah. Um, McDermott. You know, there are a lot of ways. Pissed at halftime when Josh Allen threw that pick before the half. He was pissed when the reporter came up to him to get a little little one of those dumb interviews where it's like, what should you do at half? Uh, we got to play better. He was he was fucking pissed. He's like, can't throw that. And uh, Tomlin and McDermott are boys, right? They're yeah. college roommates. So um, yeah. who knows? Maybe Tomlin has some extra real estate up there. I could see it being closer than it should. Yeah. But in all serious, the Bills should should wipe the floor in this game. Um, all right, now we're moving on to the NFC. So our, our AFC picks are Browns, Dolphins. Sorry, Browns, Chiefs, Steelers. We all agree. 
Um, that's not good. That's not good. We're going to get put on a broadcast. Well, we're also taking all the, the favorites. So no, uh, but all right. Are the Browns Browns are favorites. Yes. Two and a half. By how much do you know? Two and a half. Um, okay. Maybe we'll get some variants here. Sunday, 4.30. Hackers at Cowboys. Mm. Cowboys we all think the Cowboys are frauds. Like, Yeah, that's going to be a really good game. But I kind of... The, the Cowboys haven't lost at home this season, right? The Cowboys... I They may have lost once, but they're much better at home than they are away. That's yeah. like doubt like they're complete frauds away <laughs> um yeah so or what are you what are you guys thinking here where are you leaning um i i would really love to see green bay win um there's been a lot i don't know i don't know how much of the stuff you guys have seen but there's been a lot of the like you know the packers found their next brett Favre, brett Favre aaron Rodgers kind of chatter going on um, if he had a big game in Dallas, you know, that would, that would all but solidify it. And I think that'd be really fun to see. I think they have the youngest roster in the NFL too, the Packers. So. So you're going Packers? I think I'll go Packers. Ooh. Even though I think it's a bad pick to pick against the Cowboys at home and especially a game that I think they should win. First round of the playoffs. It's wild card weekend. Yeah, no, I think it's a bad pick to go. Last time they played in the playoffs, Des Bryant didn't catch that ball. Yeah, I thought he did. <laughs> um, if you were reporting I, your, I don't know. I'm so torn because I think the Cowboys are. I I think they blow it in a tremendous fashion. Around, <laughs> I don't think it's going to be this week, but I hope it is. I really do. You're taking the boys. I'm taking the boys. All right. I am taking the Packers. Um, I do think they're frauds, and I think it's Dak Prescott playoff time. Although he they they won a division a wild card weekend game last year. It's usually a divisional round. They're the Sixers of the NFL. They can't get past the second round. Um, so we'll see. But I think the pack come into Dallas and put the nail in the coffin of Jerry Jones, and it turns out he's a android all along. Somebody takes off his wig, and it's just robotic parts. Um, all right, next one, Rams-Lions, Sunday night game. Matthew Stafford's return to Detroit, to the Motor City. What a fun game. With Detroit trying to win its first playoff game in 30 years. <laughs> yeah, I feel like you have to go Detroit. And, mm-hmm. it yeah, it's really one of those where it's like one of these teams has been here a million times, like – it's one and all the whole thing, but man, I can't pick. I can't. I can't not pick Detroit. So, I'm going to Detroit. How much are they favored by? Three. Um, not- I'm going to take the experience here. It's like who who do you trust more? Do you trust Matthew Stafford or Jared Goff? And I definitely trust Stafford more. Um. I don't even know who I I like Stafford, but I also like this Lions team, so I'm not sure who I want to win. And the Lions got screwed, but I am going to take the Rams because I've taken all favorites so far. I think this is an absolute toss up, so I'm going with the Rams. I think the Rams are like a sneaky contender too, just because of how much high upside stuff they have going on in the roster. I think they both are. 
I think they're yeah. sneaky. I think it was their season turned around when we had Morvin on, and he asked us, like, do you really not see a core of Stafford, Cup, and them having one more run? And we were like, no, nah, it's over, dude. You, no, you sorry. Know. Yeah, leave, Morvin. And ever since then, they've been not as hot as the Bills, but if you were picking an NFC wildcard team, I think they're the the one you wouldn't want to play. Um, so I'm also going the Rams. I think Detroit, it's just who you are. You get your heart broken. And this is just about the worst way you can get your heart broken. Um, Especially no Sam Laporta, too. Yeah, exactly. So we'll see. I hope not. I, 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 I'll be honest with you, an FC team were to win the Super Bowl, Detroit would be my pick besides the Eagles that I would want to see win. Like, I'd be okay with it. Um, all right, on to the Monday night game, which – Fuck the people in the NFL that decide to put Eagles Monday night. And so late. (laughs) Those those assholes just put it at one o'clock on Sunday where it belonged in the early game where we get the misery over with. Like, why the hell is this the Monday night game? Oh, pisses me off. (laughs) I'm sorry, Sean. Um, Let me ask you this, Sean. Would you rather win Monday night, but lose in the divisional and have Sirianni for another year? Or would you rather lose Monday night and rip the Band-Aid off, get Sirianni out of there, hire Vrabel? That's a good question. That's tough. You think Vrabel's not going to be the coach of the New England Patriots next year? I think you're... People are... (laughs) Eagles Twitter. So this is one thing I want to say. When people respond to me on Twitter or whatever using generalizations, not you, Jeep. this isn't you. I'm not coming at you, but other people do. Using generalizations of stuff they see Philly fans saying, we're not a hive mind. We don't all think the same exact things. Like I've saw people today saying- Oh, that's that, absolutely directed at me. <laughs> <laughs> but but also Jeffrey Lurie, people are saying Jeffrey Lurie should give Rabel a head coaching salary to be the defensive coordinator for the Eagles next year. It's like, the dude's not coming here unless he's head no. coach. Yeah, what is not going anywhere unless he's head coach and has power? So yeah. I I don't I think that's one of the – we'll get into that later. But but um, if we're taking about this matchup, let's talk about this matchup right here. Eagles are favored by two and a half somehow. I thought they would open up dogs or at least a toss-up. Um, Chad Ochocinco, a great – Football Mind today put out a Twitter video saying he thinks the Eagles are playing possum the last five weeks of the year, um, that they're they're actually uh, just as good as they were last year and that they're going to come out and show it. Um, thankfully, A.J. Brown's knee is fine. They just didn't want to put him back out on the Meadowlands turf. Um, Hertz's finger was a dislocation, so as long as swelling's down, he should be able to throw. And we should beat the Bucks, who put up nine points against the Panthers. Yeah, like I don't know if there's a better cakewalk opponent than the uh, than the Bucks. Yeah, and would the, you rather play at home against the Packers yeah, or no. travel to? Oh, Tampa? with this Eagles team right now, I think this is the best situation for them because I don't 100%. think I don't think playing in front of Philly fans right now is what this Eagles team needs. <laughs> Not only that, you go to, you're going to Tampa. It'll be nice, you know. Yeah. It's you know you're not gonna have to. Yeah, that this is the best case scenario. It's not often that you have a get right game. As your wild card matchup, but like this is kind of the one for Philly. Like you can probably do some stuff against the Bucks that you would not feel comfortable doing against like a Packers or a Rams. Like it's I think as long 
as we don't turn the ball over more than once, Eagles will win this game. Um, that would be my prediction. I know the defense is crap, and I expect Baker Mayfield to look like an MVP candidate out there. But we really should have enough to overcome them, even with the coaching mistakes and everything. I'm going to ride with them probably for the last time this season. Eagles are going to win this game. Yeah, It's got to be Birds. If uh, if they lose to Baker and the haphazardly thrown together Buccaneers, that would be that would be bad. I'm going demon mode. Going Bucks. <laughs> Let's go. If you guys had oh, taken it. the Bucks, I would have taken the Eagles because I've been saying I've been thinking about buying the Eagles low. Do not all year. Super Bowl odds. Do not. They're sixteen Super. to one. They're sixteen to one. Ten dollars gets you one hundred and sixty bucks. This defense. So if I do that and bet the Bucks, um, because like like what has happened to this team? There's no serious injuries. I what like they were the best team in the league for eleven weeks. So it's dumbfounding. In, it's in it somewhere for sixteen to one. I think I'll take. Yeah, I don't know. It came down to malpractice of the coaching staff. I mean, Howie it made them switch to Patricia, which made no sense. Yeah, that's bad. I know. I see people now. It's like, oh, we should go back to decide for the playoffs. It's like, I, I don't think know, you, can... you know what's the worst part? It's one thing if you just call a guy calling the defense. They changed up the lingo. Yeah. The guys aren't, they don't know the calls. <laughs> that's the even bigger issue. But not to go down that, it's it's all coaching malpractice. It's terrible. Some of the play players aren't playing great either. Like, don't get me wrong, but like, it's disgusting. Um, but how I just predicted the NFC guys, I don't know if you were following this. If what I said happens, Eagles will have a home game in round two. That'd be good. Because <laughs> the Niners will then end up playing the Packers and the Eagles will get, the, sorry, the Niners will play the Rams and the Eagles will get the Packers. That would be good. Yeah. So we'll see. That'd be, that'd be quite the pass. No matter how pissed off I was Sunday watching that game, I still can't on them i just can't yeah. um, i think i've seen multiple yeah our season's over tweets from from you yeah definitely <laughs> really in general but all right we'll talk about the eagles a little bit in a segment but not right away black monday was yesterday it kind of extends a couple days after two um we've had a couple coach firings let's let's talk about their justified or unjustified um, let's start with the the easiest one, I think, is uh, Ron Rivera out as the commander's head coach after, I don't know, four seasons? <laughs> Something <Yeah>. too long? <laughs> I honestly don't know when they hired him what, they, what the expectation was, but it almost kind of feels like this, right? You just wanted, like, the guy to sit in the seat until you were ready to, like... Totally. Like you got you got all the ownership change out of the way, you got everything out of the way, and you're like ready to to compete. They're probably going to go out and take Drake May or Caleb Williams, whichever one's available, and then you know it'll be a start of a new era in Washington. So really? it, was, it was definitely time. Uh, that's interesting because I, I I think from what I hear, they like how I don't think the, enough for another year. I don't think the year ended well enough for them to pass. They're number two in the pick. If they pass on one of those two, trust me, I'd be the happiest guy on the planet. They would be so fucking stupid. Like that would be. I think they're malpractice if they rolled the dice on how, how will they not look good? Yeah. 
uh-huh. at any point. So that would be so dumb. And no. especially both Drake May and Caleb Williams would be the number one overall pick in a lot of drafts. They're both very good. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's an attractive job opening too. But I, I, I to agree with you, Skyler, I think it's a justified firing, but I give Ron Rivera an A+. Plus. Yeah. Did his job. Yeah. He did the thing. <laughs> he stood in there. <laughs> um, okay. Arthur Smith, Falcons head coach, out. Yeah, he's a guy who seems like he kind of Peter principled his way into a head coaching job, which if you guys aren't familiar, it's the the concept that you get promoted until you're not good at the job anymore. <laughs> and then so everybody that's in their current jobs are just bad at them or you're good enough that you get promoted out of it and then you're and then you become bad at it. Um he should be an offense coordinator somewhere. I just don't know that he really has the uh the chutzpah to be a head coach and like it he doesn't use his weapons enough like it was kind of an uninspiring era in in atlanta so um and then the other hilarious thing about him that uh, has made the rounds recently is that his dad founded fedex and he's a billionaire yeah he's so much money he he doesn't need need to be doing this yeah so save, save a spot for somebody else pal who needs to create generational wealth but no, he'll probably get a nice uh, offense coordinator job. That's the kind of guy I'd love to come to New England, right? And just say, like, hey, architect our offense, you know? You don't have to do it in the limelight. Um, so I, I think it was justified. It was probably time for them to move on. I don't know what their plan is moving forward. Um, but, you know, probably a relatively good-looking coaching opening. They've got good pieces. I feel yeah. like it'd be a place for if if Harbaugh tries decides to jump, I feel like that would uh, Not that we need to get there right now, but I think if Harbaugh's jumping, he's jumping for the Chargers. Okay, well, I think a lot of people want to go to the Chargers. But um, I think I was out on Smith uh, when he just kept on trotting Desmond Ritter out there. And Desmond Ritter <laughs> was really like one of the worst quarterbacks I watched all season. And there were a lot of really bad quarterbacks out there. Um, and he had Taylor Heineke. He's no world beater, but so much better than Desmond Ritter. So, yeah, I would say it's if they had chosen to go another year with him, I don't think I would have disagreed because it's not like they were one of the four worst teams in football. Like they were last day had a chance to go to the playoffs. Yeah. And maybe it's a blessing in disguise because I don't think ownership, I think ownership made this decision before that game anyway. Uh, but it just felt like he was going to be a mediocre coach with a mediocre team, but not a bad coach, you know? So like you said, Skylar, I think he can help a staff for sure. Yeah. Um, kind of thing. All right. Let's get on to something a little more juicy. Well, and then Vrabel. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. The juicy. Already happened. Vrabel fired. Um, happened today. Titan, I, I, when I first saw my reaction was, why didn't they trade him? But then the owner came out. I thought that was actually pretty cool that she gave a, like a little mini interview about it, but they didn't trade him because that would have taken too long and they want to have first dibs at the coaching market. So that was their justification. I don't know how you feel about that, Jeep. I don't feel good. I don't (laughs) trust anybody. Rand's unproven. Um, Nobody in the Adams family has made any good decisions uh, in the last um, 20 years while I've been alive. 
So, um, I, yeah, I mean, I'm not happy about it. I, I get where they're coming from. You know, Vrabel's a stubborn guy. He, he wants power. Um, and that's kind of what led to the relationship for, uh, fracturing. I'd rather have Vrabel. Um, he's not an idiot. I mean, he, he was, uh, not the guy who traded AJ, you know, and I think he's a really good coach if all the right pieces are there, but I think the, the franchise is bought into Levis and they want an offensive guy who can work on developing Levis into a quarterback. So I do, that's like the one part I understand. However, there are no surefire offense. We don't know where Harbaugh's going to be. Ben Johnson could be another Nathaniel Hackett. So the fact that we're not even getting anything for Vrabel, I mean, we could there we were talking about trading around first for him. Oh, yeah. And we certainly have so many holes in our roster uh, that another good coach is not going to have any success if we don't fix those. So I would have rather traded him. I would have rather kept him. But option B, I would have rather traded him and got something for him. Uh, but we called the Patriots. We fired. Do you think they called the Patriots and asked for a swap? There have been. There's been a lot. Oh, a swap, like a straight up Bill a Belichick. Bill for Rabel. No, we, Bill Belichick is a worse version of Mike Rabel. Like everything in front office didn't like about Rabel, uh, they would have really not liked about Bill, and sure. he's on you know he might be senile within the next few years so that's fair oh stop it uh, he's an old dude uh oh. but yeah with the rabel thing i it's a tough one because if you look at the titans record the last two years i think he lost 21 games which is a lot of losses um he's been in the coach for seven years this was a seventh season i believe six and he's a good coach. I agree. Situationally, he's a really good coach. Players like him. But he's defensive, and there's this big push to go offensive. I don't know if I can fully say it was justified of a firing, but maybe it was kind of also a mutual parting of ways because maybe he was going to leave anyway. I don't think he was necessarily going to leave anyway on his own accord. I think... I mean, maybe, um, but I, I think he did want to stay, but he wanted to stay on his terms more or less. Mm -hmm. I think we should have hired a GM who he approved of last year. I think that would have solved a lot of problems. Uh, I don't trust Rand yet, although his draft picks are looking to be pretty good. So maybe, maybe he's a genius, but I think there's about a 15% chance that this works out as a net positive for the Titans and knowing the Titans ownership that makes it like a 7% chance just because <laughs> everything up. So, yeah, I don't, I don't know if you're going to go out and get a better coach and I don't know what the expectation can possibly be for next year. And even the following year, as far as competing the way the roster looks right now, so that's why, to Jeep's point, it's a little baffling to me that they wouldn't try to, like, recoup a first-round pick and start building back up the roster, unless they really think they have a shot at, like, Harbaugh. Or, you know, who knows? Maybe Ben Johnson is, like, they they love Ben Johnson. They love the idea of him being Levis's guy, and they have the inside track on getting him or something. Um, 
but I doubt that they have the answers to any of those things. Um, so I, I, it does feel like a little bit of ownership malpractice and that they kind of pulled the trigger a little too early. So, yeah, I mean, I don't really know where the Titans go from here. It feels like they had the best coaching candidate on the market and they just let him walk for nothing, got rid of him, pushed him out. So I don't really know what you do in the coaching realm. I don't know what you really do in the roster realm. I guess you kind of hang your hat on Will Levis and you give it the good old season tryout and see what it looks like. But um, yeah, this 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 did not feel like a a good move from Tennessee, at least from where I sit. Mm-hmm. I would love to have Rabel, but I would say something about Rabel, which G already said. You have to have an owner that's okay not being the the biggest ego or biggest, and a GM too. I with, mean, you, with, uh, with sure. The, because fans are going to love him. Like if he he hasn't been a good record wise, hasn't been a good coach. They've been one and eight in the division over the last two years, and fans still love him. <laughs> like but so, and, but I think a lot of the problem is he walked into a mediocre roster and they overachieved, and then they were unable to refill the coffers in any kind of way, and and now the roster is the arguably the worst in the NFL. They traded the focal point of our offense for nothing. Traded the focal point of your offense for being nothing. I'm I'm pro running backs pay, paying running backs as much as the next guy, but we all know what that does to a roster. You had Tannehill as your quarterback, and he was passable, and he quickly went from passable to not passable. Like it just everything that was kind of like the the structures that were there to make that championship run were shaky when they made the AFC championship run. And then every piece of that kind of fell apart. And I just don't really know what the expectation was for him to do. And I, I know Sean, you have a, you have a more aligned view of this with like actual NFL ownership groups than I think I do, which is the kind of when it's time to turn over a new leaf, it doesn't really matter what you have. You kind of just have to make the change. Um, And I think as a Philly fan, you've seen it work. And so that's why you, yeah, yeah. But for me, there's something there's something about stability. There's something about make, creating three year plans. Things don't change that quickly. So I don't know. It just it it's, it doesn't really make a ton of sense to me. Um, for sake of time, we're gonna jump to Belichick now. Let's do it. Rumor mill not fired yet, but I think there's two more names out there, which I think there's a chance that they are fired when before we wrap up the 2024 season or 23 season. Um, starting with Belichick. All the rumors throughout the season said he's gone. It's now Tuesday at 6.45 p.m. They have had to have their exit interviews by this point. He's not fired. Will he be fired? Um. So I'm curious. I've seen some stuff from some Patriot beat writers that there's a chance that he kind of goes the Bill Parcells way and moves into like a uh, president of operations role and then ideally bring in Vrabel and have Vrabel. But he would never get the win record. He would never get the win record. He has um, a loss record now by his last season, regular season loss. This yeah, left. that's that's a bummer. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see if he sees himself more as a Patriots legend or if he wants to go out as, you know, and 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 head over to the Chargers, presumably, um, and make another real run at it for the last couple of years of his, of his coaching career. So um i really don't know i don't know if he's just gonna get let go i don't know what the Vrabel firing factors into all of this i would assume that he's really high on their list 
Um, I've been comfortable this whole time with the idea of Gerard Mayo stepping into that role. I was also going to say this with all this talk about Rabel and him being on the market, you lose Gerard Mayo, who everybody is saying is the guy they've been grooming. Gerard Mayo will yeah. take a job elsewhere. Easily, easily. And he's he's somebody they've been grooming for a while. I just think nobody could have seen Belichick. Like, I, I don't think they could have seen the Patriots being this bad this quickly when they started grooming him, which really wasn't that long ago. Um, so, yeah. I I don't really know what the plan is, and I'm hesitant to kind of say anything on there. Belichick's I, – I saw this tweet the other day that I thought summed it up really well and said two things are true. Belichick is obviously still a defensive genius capable of architecting one of the best defenses in the league, and he should be held responsible for the fact that the offense has been anemic since Brady left. You know, he he makes all these decisions. He's the de facto GM. The fact that he couldn't put it together is definitely an indictment on him. So it's it's a tough spot. I still think he's a genius. I still think he's the greatest coach of all time. I would not be mad if we kept him. I would understand if it was time to move on. It's kind of where I'm at. Who, who do you want to move on? I want Vrabel um, because I think Vrabel's proven himself as a damn good coach. He's obviously like has a lot of Belichick DNA. I think in the perfect world as a Patriots fan, Belichick would move into an operations role, but I would understand if he didn't want that. Um, but I'd also be cool with Gerard Mayo. I, I I trust the fact that that, you know, as far as what everybody said is they they love him. So, you know, it seems like a no-lose situation unless the Eagles fire Sirianni and then we decide, oh, that's our guy. Uh who won Sirianni? Do you want Sirianni? No, I don't want Sirianni. That guy should be <laughs> out of not the league, but football as a whole. Like, All right. I, so, uh, I, I do real think quickly. How would you feel about Arthur Smith as an OC? That. Rabel? Oh, as an OC, I 100%. I would love it. A lot of the rumblings, too, are that if Bill Belichick stays, Josh McDaniels is going to come back and be the OC. Oh. And it's the same thing. I think of Josh McDaniels very similarly to how I think of Arthur Smith, where it's like you can be very smart with X's and O's and not be the kind of leader that inspires men to charge into battle. Um, that's McDaniels to a T. So I'd be happy with either of them. You know, both of them have architect nice offenses. You guys should bring Patricia back. So too. In a while. Yeah. Patricia's great. You guys should have him. Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. We'll take, I don't know. Uh, the final name on the coaching rumor mill is Sirianni. And if you, before the giants game, if you had told me the Eagles were going to lose that game, I didn't. I would be like, "Yeah, kind of makes sense." You look at the scoreboard; the Cowboys are winning. There's you pull your starters, no reason. But to come out completely unprepared and go down twenty four nothing in like fifteen minutes and get stomped when all week you were talking about this is a get right game for the playoffs. Like we're going to go out there and get some rhythm going, and we're playing our starters and. To get rolled like that, I, it's you just have to look at the coaching staff and look at the collapse of this team. And I think, without a doubt, Sirianni is coaching for his job in this playoff game. And before this, I would have been like, no, he makes the playoffs three years in a row, wins the Super Bowl second year. Like, the guy's safe. We'll get rid of the coordinators no matter what sort of thing. But no, I think if the Eagles roll out and they look as bad as they looked against the Cardinals and Giants, who are the two, the three worst teams in football, 
Yeah, the Buccaneers are better than that. <laughs> better than that. And they run a very similar scheme to both of those teams, blitz-wise. So we're going to see it for the third straight week, and we didn't make any adjustments last week. I could see Jeffrey Lurie very easily firing Sirianni. And well, I know and not only that, the Eagle, this is probably the, especially if Belichick gets canned, the greatest coaching carousel in history. If it's Harbaugh, Vrabel, Belichick, yeah. like it's just unprecedented. Right. And the Eagles would easily be the best job. Pick of the lip. So like if there's a year to do it, it's now. And if you really don't feel comfortable with him moving forward, like it's it's now or never. The, okay. the, the Eagles coaching staff is full of good cops. We clearly got rid of our two bad cops and Gannon and Steichen who you need bad cops. You need guys that are willing to yell at people, willing to stick their neck out and kind of things. Brian Johnson, and I've already gone on the rant. They're all too much buddy-buddy. Nick Sirianni clearly is the biggest buddy of all of them. He has handshakes with, like, all the players and everything. And A.J. Brown even spoke to the media last week and said that it was his own fault that they improvised the play against Seattle that was the pick to ruin the game and everything. But why do you have players improvising plays? Like, do they have a lack of faith in the coaching already? <laughs> and like, uh, and everything like that. Like, I get you tell your star receiver sometimes. Yeah, you can go hit on a go, but not when it's at that situation of the football game. Like, yeah. you should. So, like, it's coaching malpractice. If they come out, they play terribly. He should be fired because you have a window here of a top three names. I will say names. I'm not going to say straight up talent. But going into the season, you would have called the Eagles roster the second best talented or the first behind the Niners. Um, so you gotta you gotta capitalize. And again, if they win the game, he'll stay. We'll hire new coordinators. Uh, but he's he's definitely coaching for his job. I don't know. From the outside, does it look that way or? Yeah, hundred percent. Um, I, I think he's coaching for a job, even if he went like, like, yeah, I, I, I was going to agree um, with Jeep there. Like, I don't think a Bucks Super Bowl run, I think it's gotta be gone. It's just, it's pathetic. It really is pathetic how this team has fallen apart. Yeah. Uh, and I yeah. think there's nowhere else to point the finger and you'd light a fire under your team's ass. If you got rid of Sirianni and brought in someone oh. new. Do I hope Chad Ochocinco is right that they're playing possum and that, they're going to come out of play. I just think, you know what's wild is after the first quarter of the Niners, the Eagles were winning the game, shutting out the Niners. They had negative six yards. Eagles had 120 and seven first downs to the Niners zero. From that moment on, the team felt like broke, like the wheels completely fell off. <laughs> I'm telling you, watching that Giants first half, I was, I've never been more pissed off at a football game. So like, I, was... I looked at the score at 24 to nothing. Because I wasn't watching it. I don't remember what I was doing. I would you I watch that? I put my game? phone away because I just assumed that it was the Eagles at 24 nothing. I, I, my yeah. dyslexic <laughs> self didn't register that, uh, that wasn't the case. I was, whoa, what, what happened? Because I, I think I went on Twitter and saw a meltdown. I was like, y'all are up 24 nothing. What the fuck? And you can't say like, oh, yeah, we were, we were, didn't really do anything for this game. Like you told us all week that you were going to, win this game well that's that's another thing like are you irritated not just sirianni but like hertz's instagram captions and all this stuff you guys you guys said this and maybe i didn't fully agree with you at the time but like it feel it, all that corny ass stuff is great when you're winning yeah <laughs> it's not as good when you're losing <laughs> 
especially he, in this. Hertz has literally said the same thing. Like you pick three buzzwords. It's like aggression. Um, okay. I'm sorry. No, we keep going. Aggression, um, accountability, like just fill in your word. And that's what Hertz is going to say. And it's been like, it's about how you respond. And that's, this is like week three of him saying the exact same thing. And I guess it's not wrong. And I respect him for just Sirianni, Sirianni has faced adversity once and not at this level while he was a coach. And that was his first season where he gave play calling to Steichen. So he hasn't handled adversity well. No, not well. So, I mean, um, obviously one of the obvious candidates for who has the most to prove are definitely the yeah. Eagles coaching staff and probably the Eagles players at large too, with how the season ended. But I guess beyond that, what kind of, what, what players do you guys think have, have the most approved in this, in these playoffs? I have one in mind. I think it's Josh Allen. Mm-hmm. You know, he's been there. Uh, how many years in a row now? Is it like year four being a legitimate Super Bowl contender going into the playoffs and hasn't been able to do it. So it's like, this is your year. You know, you had a rough start to the season, ended up getting the two seed. It's now or never. So Yeah. For me, it's like a very similar line of thought, and that's Lamar. Because I think that if Lamar comes in, everybody knows that he's a great regular season quarterback, and I think the question's always been, is does his play style transfer well to the playoffs? And and so far, the answer's just been no. Um, And the Ravens have not seen great success. If they can break through... Like in a world where Baltimore wins the Super Bowl this year, you know, I think we're having conversations about Lamar Jackson being the second best quarterback in the NFL behind Mahomes and like pretty well solidified. And I'd say right now people have him like four or five, even though he has two MVPs under his belt. He's two for yeah. me right now. What'd you say? He's two for me. Yeah, and he's two for I me. But... I agree with both of you that they definitely have a lot to prove. I think there's tears to this. Like Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson both need to make an AFC championship game and to really prove all the haters wrong, like get to the Super Bowl. They don't even necessarily need to win, but like get to the Super Bowl. Yeah, have the Joe Burrow like inflation moment. Um, but I think the bigger one is is Dak Prescott. Mm, yeah, of like, course. You've been around a lot, and I know they're the two seeds, so they're not necessarily like the Niners are the team to beat in the NFC. But this is the first time where the Cowboys hype. Besides that one year they went 13 and three and then lost in the first round of the playoffs. Um, this is the first time I can remember with Dak at quarterback where the Cowboys hype, like they can back it up a little bit. Like they are a good football team. We might call them frauds, but they have some decent wins in there and they're at home probably for the first two rounds. So I think Dak has a lot to prove here to get to an NFC championship game and to the Super Bowl. Um, because Cowboy fans will be the first one to tell you, NFC Championship games don't matter. Super Bowl rings are what matter, is what Cowboy fans will tell you. So he's got to get there. Um, if I was going to go a coach, kind of go back around here, I think Shanahan definitely has the most to prove here. He has proven he's a good coach in the NFL, like good offensive mind. Maybe he's a good leader in the locker room too. But that sounds like an offensive coordinator to me. Like, if you're going to be one of these all-time great coaches or even just a good coach of your era, you got to win a Super Bowl. And he's been to one. He was the offensive coordinator of the Falcons when they deflated to the Patriots and blew that big lead. Um, he's now got the best team, Super Bowl odds-wise. So 
go and win it. Like prove, prove to everyone that you are this legit head coach. Yeah. I, I would say on a same, like, I think you're a hundred percent right. Shanahan definitely is the most approved from a coaching standpoint. I think a couple other names I'd throw out there too. Like how hot does Sean McDermott's seat get? If the bills look bad. Um, I'm going to say, yeah. Or, and then how hot does Mike McCarthy's seat get? If the Cowboys look bad, you know? So I, I think that there's a couple of coaches that have been around teams that have been really good for a considerable amount of time that uh, probably need to uh, put up good performances to, uh, to to hang on to them or else it's going to you know start to be wandering eyes time. So on that note, could Mike McCarthy be coaching for his job? In a if way. They, if they lost in the first round, I could see him being fired. I, yeah. I have been on the Mike McCarthy sucks train for quite some time. Like he's Sirianni bad in my, uh, I don't, he, I don't there's, so, I there's so many of these guys that I think are from the previous cycle. So a generation call it three or four years ago, sure. this previous cycle of head coaches. And there was a lot more of them around the two thousands where they're not designing the offense or defense, but they're like, the leaders out there like they, the football guys they handle the press conference like we play football not those guys aren't like what's in anymore despite but, dan campbell having a great yeah, tenure right despite, despite dan campbell but like it's interesting at least to say that like those are the guys that are coaching for their jobs those rah-rah because it's like what do you really bring to this team yeah <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, if you're going to be a figurehead, then, um, you know, things kind of have to be going well. Like you have to have the, the, the kind of mandate to lead. And if you, and you know, the second things start to go wrong, you're not really bringing anything to the table. You're not, you can't change anything. Yeah, no, totally not. Um, I think that's all true. Uh, well, I would throw out a, another couple ones. Like, I don't think that anybody on the Chiefs really has anything to prove, but I would say that Travis Kelsey, the end of his, like, he's, he seems like the career might start. We, we've we said for years and years and years, like, this is the longest tight end peak we've seen for so long. Like, when is he finally not going to be good? He obviously was 16 yards away or whatever from having another 1,000-yard season, but he did not look good down the back stretch of that. Um, if the Chiefs get washed out early, I wouldn't be surprised if like early next year, you know, we were kind of talking about how Travis Kelsey is is washed at that point. So it'll be interesting to see if he can, if, you know, he can kind of have a renaissance performance and, and, you know, look good for the Chiefs. Not that he has much to lose or anything, but I think that'll definitely be a big storyline that swings one way or the other. I think if anybody on the Chiefs team has something to prove, it's, it's going to be him on a, on a micro level. Like yeah. not macro, yeah. Uh, but I, I do agree. Like Travis Kelsey needs to show that he's not just a pop culture guy anymore. <laughs> like, yeah, still good. He's still that football. He's still that all time tight end. Also, another interesting one I was thinking of, like, what is what does Baker's future look like if he wins a playoff game or can win a couple? You know, like, does he become the journeyman quarterback of the off season? It'd be interesting because, like, maybe he searches a two-year deal and gets, like, paid well for two years. Yeah. You know, like, I don't think he's ever going to be given that four-year contract anymore, even though he's of the age that, like, it wouldn't look that bad age-wise. Yeah. But 
I think he could win a playoff game and he could get paid very well for like a two to three year contract at most or two year with an option sort of thing. Yeah. Um, Cause it is funny when you, when we were thinking about doing this exercise, it's like, wow, there are a lot of teams that are in the playoffs this year that really like don't have much to prove the Texans, yeah. the Browns, the Packers, kind of all of them are like, like ahead of schedule. And so, you know, there's, there's really nobody on any of those teams that has much to prove. Um, they just, you know, things, things could definitely, there will definitely be some interesting storyline. And that's the funny thing when we were talking about Browns and Texans, where it's like, neither of these teams have much to prove, but whichever team wins will definitely have their image inflated for the foreseeable future. I, I completely, I think Joe Flacco has the most to prove in this. Play. <laughs> <laughs> Joe Flacco might be the single person with the least to prove. He's going to go out there and just lay it all on the line. Which I I mean, he's, he's just having fun. He is just having fun. Yeah, I love that. He's just like... Did you, did you see the thing where he didn't know how much money he was getting paid? No. They were, like, asking him, like, they're like, oh, like, the Browns paid your incentive. He's like, oh, great. And they're like, do you know what it is? And he's like, no. And they're like, well, it's a pretty big chunk of your, like, yearly salary. Do you know what that is? And he's like, no. <laughs> I love that. Let's go. Yeah. I think um, what's pretty funny is if we had a debate last year about who had a better career, Flacco or Matt Ryan, who were drafted in the same draft. Um I think it would have ended with Matt Ryan, the MVP. Yeah. I know he didn't win the Super Bowl, but he led a Put couple bigger numbers, yeah. Things. But if Joe Flacco goes on a Nick Foles run here, yeah. I don't know how you wouldn't choose his career. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's amazing. It really is. Super Bowl. Um, yeah. So there's expectations for some teams and expectation and really no expectations for others, which isn't the worst thing in the world. Um it's fun to play. Two years ago, the Eagles were in that situation, going to play Brady in Tampa Bay. It was fun. It was like, yeah, we're in a playoff game. Yeah, we're here. This year, we're going to Tampa Bay, and we're like, these motherfuckers. Like, fucking yeah. Team. Yeah, not only not only do we need to win, but we need to look good, or otherwise, they're coming for us. Sorry. And now, for sage advice from the uninformed. All right, let's wrap it right here. Sage advice. The Michigan Wolverines, their coaches gonna leave gonna stay i don't i don't know what what do you guys think they should do to to maintain their college football dominance after winning so it seems like i forget what's what's the name of their offensive coordinator the guy who stepped in as the interim head coach during this yeah i i think that he'll pick up where harbaugh left off without a beat um and it kind of seems like a ryan day situation but where the players are even more bought in so to me to me that feels like an easy transition so unfortunately my sage advice is not witty nor anything it's just pass the baton along and, and keep the train on the tracks we're just assuming harbaugh's gone are we i'm not but it sounds like you well, are that's, i'm assuming he's gone yes so how i kind of look at it is this is they're probably having a meeting tomorrow where it's like jim what, what are you going to do and if he says the words i'm going to the nfl you say that's great we're going to scapegoat you and he goes, what? And he goes, the NCAA is knocking at the back door. We're going to tell them it's all on you. And that the program higher-ups had no clue. And this will be your greatest service you ever served to university. And he goes, I don't want that. What are you talking about? And, he and, goes, they, say, and, and they say, thank you. Thank you. And for then that. they go, or you can sign this piece of paper that says you're coached for 10 years. And with a no go to the NFL clause. And Jim Harbaugh gets a taste of his own medicine 
from his own overlords who blackmail him into being the head coach of Michigan for the next 10 years. I like that. That's a better answer. <laughs> that, that that's definitely an interesting way of looking at it. I, I like if you're Harbaugh, do you really want to go? Because think about all the teams other than the Eagles. Like, what team doesn't require a massive rebuild that you just went through at Michigan? You've built a really nice culture there. You just won a national championship. Why not win a couple? You know, why not? Uh, you're going up against. Why not make a legacy for yourself? It's going to be a lot harder to get back to the Super Bowl than it is going to be to get back to the national championship. So, and you're getting paid about the same. I, I get that college football is like there's more responsibility involved. You got to be the GM and the coach and the NIL and the sanctions, which may or may not have make your job a lot harder. But uh, I'd stay if I were him and ride out, ride out the NCAA violations. But my advice to Michigan is don't be pricks. Uh, and that's not going to happen. So, ask for a, <laughs> ask for like a twenty-year deal where they pay you like ten million a year. And they're like, this is great. We got him for life. And then go the Coach O or Jimbo Fisher route and like just yeah. get, stop caring. Yeah, and really start fire you and have to pay you ten million dollars a year for the rest of your life. <laughs> Do the buyout way. Go the Coach O way. <laughs> that's my dream <laughs> one day. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right, we've done it. A little, little extra long this time. Hope you guys enjoyed listening. Um, Thank you, listeners. Football's almost over. College football's done. So cherish, cherish the playoffs, people. Cherish, cherish it. it. Make every game matter more. <laughs> Move on to uh, tennis. Your baseball season around the corner. Oh no, it's gone. All right. See ya. See ya.